Mm-hmm. So I have to think that there's got to be some kind of a, 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 a reason for having that. There's got to be some kind of utility for confirmation bias. I don't think it's just an aberration in our thinking. I think it's there had to be some kind of a, maybe an evolutionary utility to, to going with what we already think was right and, and going down that path. And maybe it's just a path of um, kind of making things a little run more smoothly in our neurological makeup, like, you know, when it comes to well, I mean, creating I mean, neurons. And, I mean, don't you think part of that is like just wanting things right now? And then if we already have an idea of something, anything that confirms that even just a little bit, we run with that because that gives us what we want right now versus actually having to do the studying and the researching to find something else. Maybe, maybe, but I, I still think it, it might be a little deeper than that. I, I think, I don't, I don't know why i don't have any science to back it up just, like i said this was just my own thoughts i yeah. got to thinking about wouldn't it be easier for that to happen well you know? what, what you said a while ago though is like would it be better if people just didn't know anything is, is that how you put it no if they didn't believe anything if they didn't believe anything yeah, if, they, if they just questioned everything like i do like I, I i don't hardly believe anything that i like when it's out like so, on, on social media or in, in the media at large or, so what would be like wouldn't that destroy social media and news websites and and all that kind of stuff if if nobody believed anything maybe but then there's no news at all okay the cerebral entertainment podcast hey thank you for checking into this edition of the cerebral entertainment podcast before we get started i wanted to remind you all to go check out truenutrition.com for all of your nutrition and supplement needs including protein powders that you can customize to your preference, whole food vitamins, supplement for energy and endurance, and the list goes on. When you get finished shopping and you go to check out, be sure to use the code CEPN for a 5% discount on your total order. Also, you can do us a huge favor by subscribing to this podcast wherever you stream your podcast, including YouTube for video content so that you can keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. Now, for this episode, Colt and I bring a cerebral chat that we titled Fox News, HuffPost, and the Vaccination Dilemma. During this episode, we discuss our strategy to get back into the full swing of things in the gym following our scheduled break and the importance of a strong routine, Colt's newfound interest in celery, and gym urinal hijinks. Then we venture into the topic of how much responsibility one should assume for the things he or she says in the public forum, specifically in this case, Fox News and social media. We also discuss the HuffPost, ongoing vaccination craziness, and much more. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours warm again. So, without further introduction, here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me, as always, is my good friend Colt. Yes, sir. How you doing, sir? I'm good. Do you like this cup? It's huge. I do. This is Morphogen Nutrition. Mm -hmm. Our good friend Austin Stout is part of that company. I, I... I need to find out how. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the exact, like how he's exactly, but I have bought quite a few supplements from there, and mm. I'm enjoying them. Yeah, good, yes, good. Yes. They're supplementing you. They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Austin Stout. He's. I was talking about him with my nephew just yesterday because my nephew was talking about how he likes to watch guys on on the social medias on the internet in general because we were talking about John Meadows because yep. he was a fan of John Meadows. Yeah. And we were talking about how we like hearing guys who get a little scientific with it. Now, Austin, if you let him, he'll get very scientific with it. Uh-huh. Like I'm like, what? I have uh-huh. no idea what you just said, dude. Uh-huh. It sounds really smart. Uh, but he's also very good about breaking it down. Yes. And he gets into very plain terms. Um, if you have not 
listened to Austin Stouter, checked him out on the socials, saw any of his videos. The dude works out in a barn like Rocky IV. Uh-huh. It's insane. And he's In huge. Ohio. Yeah. Where it's cold. Uh-huh. It's a lot colder than it is here most yeah. of the time. Mm-hmm. And he's huge, and he's also super smart. So be sure to check out Austin Stout. We've had him on, was he on the show like twice, and then we did the series with him too? I think that's correct. Yeah. 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 And be looking forward to having him on again, because it's always, always a great, great conversation. Absolutely. Because he does very well on the show. But mm-hmm. yeah, Morphogen, nutrition. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Check them out too while you're at it. Absolutely. Uh, Colt's enjoying the supplementation thus far. Mm-hmm. Right. I am. And then, uh, which is a good thing because we're getting ready to ramp up stuff in the gym here. Kind of, well, kind of started yet or Friday. Today's Sunday. Yes. So it kind of started two days ago. Um, we're probably, we probably sound like up and down gym goers. Don't you think? Like, because we will be in here like, you know, one week talk about how we're hitting the gym hard. And then, you know, a couple weeks later we're like, you know, well, it's been a crappy <laughs> couple of weeks, but, yeah. but we literally told each other, I don't know, probably two months ago. At least. Uh, at least. Um, I guess it was probably right before I went out on paternity leave. And we talked about it. Like, once well, I get, once I can get my schedule back in tune and we can get get things going, we're going to get a dedicated schedule going Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're in there. Yeah. Push-pull legs. And we're going to do that every week. And we're going to make sure we're increasing each week. We're going to get our diets on track. We're going to get our cardio on track. All that kind of stuff. And we've started a pretty good path i mean i'm fucking juicing celery dude <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> who would have thought actually it's yeah. not bad it's not terrible yeah. i've never been a big seller celery guy but if you mix the right things the right healthy things into it it's actually not bad i can imagine i mean you can mix just about anything with something else and make it not quite so bad yeah and like i mentioned to you yesterday i believe it was celery is it pretty much just tastes like grass so it's not like it has a terrible taste yeah just doesn't have much of a taste at all and it, it, it tastes green mm-hmm. you know that's I, I think if there's ever a, a taste of green it's like celery uh-huh. a taste green yeah like you know? the taste of purple for kool-aid or right. something like that right exactly yeah. yeah it's not grape it's purple i know that there was a meme. I, I suppose that you are. I assume that you're referring to that meme. Have you seen that meme? Uh, probably. Where it says, uh, grape soda doesn't taste like grapes, but it sure tastes like purple. Uh-huh. And yeah. That's, that's exactly. Nothing hit me so hard as that, that meme did You know right what then. hit me hard, though? What I heard the other day is that sparkling water tastes like TV static. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> That's legit right there. It's legit. I, these people, I don't know what they're using to come to these conclusions, but I want yeah. some because yeah. that's that's awesome. Yeah. But getting back into the, the, the gym discussion, it's like, you know, if you are just like listening to us, especially just like more recently, then yeah, we're going to sound like on again, off again. But if you listen to us like you alluded to, it was at least two months prior where we were talking and kind of spoke with... Of an actual timeline, a little microphone malfunction there, Uh-oh. spoke of a timeline where we're like, okay, as soon as Marshall's born, we're going to, you know, work. It's going to be a while. We're going to work on slowly getting back into the gym, getting our schedule going. But as a matter of fact, I think we're a little bit ahead of schedule, really. A little bit, yeah. Because we talked about, you know, fall-ish, really getting back into the routine mm-hmm. and then, you know, really starting to just, you know, start hitting it heavy. In, into the winter mm-hmm. and through the winter. So it's not even really, is it fall yet? Like technically? Did I think fall so. happen? I think it was last week. Yeah, I don't see, I don't do that. I, I don't keep up with seasons, but. I, I think and it may just be because I've been thinking about it this year, but it feels like this year, out of most years for me, the transition from summer to fall like actually happened 
Like it, that's what it feels like outside when it, when it became full. Yeah. Like it was summer up until two weeks ago and it was still like, you know, 85, 90 degrees outside. And then all of a sudden cooler temperatures kind of just kind of started peeping through and you start seeing some leaves starting to fall and everything. And it's, and then it actually turns fall. Right. I don't know. It's just weird. Like normally it could be fall for a little while and still have 80 degree weather outside, but we're not doing that. Like today outside is perfect. It is. It's, it's like, it's, it's fall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's exactly right. You could wear long sleeves out there today and be okay. Yeah. You don't you don't need them. It's right. not necessary, but it, it would like be okay. So we're in that transitional. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It was like summer and then bam, it's fall. Right. Seasonally. Sometimes we'll have summer into, you know, October. Right. Early October. It'll still be like hot and you're wearing cut off, you know, britches. Yeah. Well, that's like what Daisy Dukes. That's what we get for living in Missouri, man. You <laughs> never know what's going to happen. That's why, you know, the Tough Mudder, I did one like six years ago and we didn't, we did it in Nashville. Well, Missouri always has one. I think they may have changed it up recently, but it was always in October. And I'm like, there's, there's one obstacle in the tough mutter that keeps me from ever doing Missouri tough mutter. And that is the Arctic enema where you <laughs> slide down into an ice bath. Yeah. You don't know because you have to sign up for these things like way earlier in the year. You don't know what the temperature is going to be like outside to do this in October in Missouri. It could be 80 degrees outside and be phenomenal, or it could be 60 degrees outside and you have to slide into an ice bath halfway through a 10-mile obstacle course. Not fun. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so they call it the Arctic enema. They do. So I wonder if one typically defecates oneself. I didn't in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> You may in Missouri, though. I yeah. might, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting concept uh-huh. to have a bunch of people. It's, it's the tough mutter, though. So if you do poop yourself, nobody's really going to know. Well, and you're muddy the, mo- yeah, the most exactly. of the time. Exactly. Yeah, literally, the, the, the first obstacle you come to, you run for like a mile, and then you come to the first obstacle, and it's literally just these huge, I think it's like four mud pits that are probably like longer than this room. And it's just a big hole that's got water about knee, about waist height in, in, in it. So your goal is to your whole team jumps down in it. Then you have a few guys that climb up to the top of the next one. And then they help pull their people up. And then you jump down into another one. And then you go, it's like four of those. And that's the beginning of the course. <laughs> that's at one mile in and you still have nine miles to go. Yeah. It it's pretty intense. And you complain about wet socks on the disc golf course. I know. <laughs> Dude, you have no idea. Whenever, because... Whenever you get to the end, you just want to sit down. You just want to hang out and chill. By the time you get back to like your hotel room and you try to pull those socks off, because you're wearing, I wore like long Under Armour socks, like knee high socks. It felt like it was ripping every hair out of my legs trying to pull those socks off. Yeah. Because it was just dried mud on my legs. And I swear we took like three showers. And I could still take a towel through my hair and get dirt or mud in my hair. It so was you don't hose off on site though. They don't uh-uh. have like a. Well, I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all didn't. No, we didn't. Uh-uh. <laughs> wow. I just feel sorry for the the hotel staff who had to clean the bathroom. That's at the, what at I was the thinking. Yeah, that, yeah. Because I mean, it was just towels on the floor that would look like somebody had a very disastrous Taco Bell run or yes, something. Right. <laughs> And, and especially like the washcloths and whatnot, uh-huh. and the like shower. These look, people, yeah. I mean, we tried to clean up the shower as good as we could, but it still wasn't. It wasn't fantastic. The poor maid staff uh-huh. there, man. I feel bad. Yeah, we so, left them a good tip, though. I would hope so. <laughs> Hopefully, some new towel money. Yeah, <laughs> right. But yeah, getting back to the whole the gym thing, I'm I'm excited to get in there and really 
really focus on it. Like uh, I saw you before, you know, my wife went and got a uh, grocery order earlier today and it's got a bunch of stuff in it that I'm going to make. Like this morning for breakfast, I started with a 93.7 hamburger mixed in with some eggs and some spinach, threw in some pepperoni, a little bit of ranch seasoning on top and demolished that with a, uh, some juice celery on top of that and all my supplements for mor- morphogen and mm. I feel pretty good today. Yeah. 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 It's a good way to start the day. I, I just, I, I have to get myself into that, that swing. And then once I'm there, I'm like motivated. Like you're not going to get me to miss a day unless something tragic happens. Once you get back into that routine, missing a day feels like tearing away from your firstborn child or something. Mm-hmm. It, it's difficult. Getting back into the routine, sometimes a little difficult. And for me, it's not like the, oh, man, I don't feel like going to the gym and, and you know, uh, exerting myself, you know, because I'm just so lazy now. It's actually the restructuring of the schedule. That's that's the biggest thing for me, mm-hmm. you know, because it's all about, like, setting aside time for this and time for that. When you've got kids, you've got jobs, you've got podcasts, you've got, you know, these things that, that you are your responsibilities in life scheduling is like having that routine is the only thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to, to fulfill all the responsibilities, all the things that you want to do in life. Because if you don't have a set routine, then you're spinning your wheel. I'm spinning my wheels. Maybe some people can do it. I think most people probably can't without a set routine and you got to stick to that routine. I've got to have a mixture of both. Like I've got to have a few days throughout the week where if somebody says, Hey, what do you got going on this week? I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't really know. Let me, I'll have to get back to you on that. I need a few days of having that just in case, but I've got my three or four days a week where you ask me what I'm doing those days. Oh, I've got the gym at the, or I've got to work this time. I got the gym at this time. I got a podcast at this time. Like I need those three or four days where that's solidified. Like there's nothing, if I'm doing anything outside of that, it's got to be outside of that. I'm not moving anything or shifting any of those things unless I absolutely have to. I guess for me, it's, it's, because I still have to include things like well, work, of course, mm-hmm. and that fluctuates sometimes because just like last week, I got a call to go to a, a facility in St. Louis. They were having an issue. I needed to go up and do some kind of emergency training, so I got that done. Didn't see that one coming. You know, I, I, They called me one day. I was up there the next day. Um, so work is kind of fluid as far as the actual tasks that I do, but like I work typically five days per week, right? Come home on those days when the kids are in school. I have homework to do with them, you know, and, and the household chores don't go anywhere. So you still got all that stuff. That's my day, you know, five days per week. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on Fridays, of course, I throw in the gym time. So I go to work, come home, go to the gym, and go home, do my thing. Saturday, we have gym time, right? So then Saturdays, aside from that, after our, our morning gym time, there's a little fluidity there. So if there's something to do, then Sunday, got my same routine. So it's just like... I have to stick to that routine or else life is chaos for me. Right. Like, like for instance, if we were just saying, well, let's try to hit the gym three days this week. Okay. What days you want to do? I don't know. Let, let me, you know, let me see what's on my schedule. Let me mm-hmm. see how things go. That's a recipe for disaster. It right? just makes it so easy to push that, that off to do something else or something. It, it, like it just happens. It yeah. seems like it just happens. Mm-hmm. Like, like you have to prioritize the things that you want to make sure that you get done. Mm-hmm. If you don't prioritize it, if you just kind of do a, well, let's see how it goes. I think, it, once again, at least for most people, it's definitely this way for me. 
it just it leaves so much room for deviation and and for chaos according to you know as far as the schedule is concerned right so i think saturdays are going to be our favorite one though uh not because of what we're like what body part we're doing or anything like that but just because we're knocking it out early in the morning and it has multiple uh positives to that because one you're getting it done early in the morning so you have the rest of the day to do whatever you want but two you're starting out the day on a good note and it's a Saturday morning, so you're kind of forcing yourself to get up a little bit earlier, not letting yourself sleep in until 10, 30, 11 o'clock or yeah, something I'm, like that. I'm kind of angry about that part, but <laughs> anyway. Well, give it a couple of weeks. Maybe you'll get used to it. I will. I will. I'm just saying, though, it's the only day that I have to do that. So uh-huh. it's taken, you know, it's taken the only day that I have to, like, just not Well, I'm not saying up. we're getting in there at 5 a.m. I mean, no, it's no, still like not. 9 a.m., but it still, is, yeah. it's early enough to where, you know, you can get up, have some breakfast mm-hmm. and some coffee. Get you know, hit the gym hard, and then you have the rest of the day to kind of do what you oh, absolutely what you want to do. No, it, it's actually it's a good thing. It's just that that my I, I fight against it because, you know, I, it's my one day that I have, <laughs> but still have the day that I'd like to chill. You know, for the most part mm-hmm. and get stuff done. So, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that my, I guess my laziness, you know, if you want to call it that, for that one day fights against it. But I would rather as far as that goes too when looking at my schedule because we could get together and say well let's 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 move that to saturday evening instead Mm -hmm. and that's a terrible idea Mm -hmm. i already know this because on a saturday you definitely want to get something like that done and over with Mm -hmm. so you can have the rest of your day to you know kind of let the fluidity of life take its toll right or 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 you might you know I, i might be going out of town or something for that day or you know whatever going to do something that night and so you want to make sure you have that little bit of leeway in right. your schedule because the other times that we have it's kind of weird we have friday evening early evening because mm-hmm. it's after work we have saturday morning then we have sunday afternoon <laughs> <laughs> But it's just the way that life is is allowing us to have it. But it's still routine, though. It's still yeah. scheduled. So right. we can stick to that routine. And, and even though it's at three different times of each respective day, it still works out for those days the, the best, I think, that, that right. we can make it happen. Yep. In a perfect world, like I used to, for a while, I was getting up super early and working out before work every day. That, like you were saying, you get you, know, you have time maybe you know that early breakfast is forced, you know, coffee's a must, mm-hmm. some some kind of energy drink or something. But um, you get it out of the way and, and the rest of the day, and plus you feel better. Yeah. I, I always feel better when I work out first thing in the morning. Right. One day I, ho- I, I aspire to get back to that point. I really do. But, man, it's tough because I am not an early morning person. Yeah, I mean, it would be a, a little easier for you, I think, because I still, like, I'm, I'm work at 5 o'clock every morning. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So for me to be able to knock out an hour in the gym – you know, because you're talking about at least an hour to get up, get ready. Yeah. And then you need the hour of being in the gym mm-hmm. plus travel time. Then you need the time of getting ready for work while you're at the gym and then the travel time from there to the to work. Yeah. I've done it before. I, I mean, I but, remember, but it was like you were in bed by like six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I would, well, I, I used to do it back when I worked up in Imperial. Uh, and so I would have to be at the gym at 2.30 every morning. Man. And to lift for like an hour and then I had to drive 45 minutes to work and, and it was yeah that's insane it, yeah it, it was a mess but that that's not functional for I don't think unless you're just some crazy weirdo that likes to get up at two, two I mean it, I morning. mean it, fe- it feels good for like the early part of the day but 
after that, you, you just start crashing hard. And when you still have a good travel time home and mm-hmm. everything like that, too, it's just so easy to start your eyes getting heavy while you're driving home yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It just gets into I, a... I don't like being that dog tired in the evenings, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's a happy medium, yeah. you know, because I used to do all, all kinds of manual physical labor. And some of those, you worked long days, you know, you worked 12-hour days. You come home and, and you were lucky to get something to eat before you crashed out Mm -hmm. because you know you had to get them to do it again the next day. Right. That's a little much for me. I mean, I like getting good sleep, but Mm -hmm. that's, you know, taking it overboard. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I would rather have my evenings and my, than my mornings anyways. I would rather, you know, I I would rather not have to be in bed by six o'clock in the afternoon to get up at two 30. I would rather do the gym in the afternoon and then, but still have enough time to wind down to where I still get enough good sleep mm-hmm. before getting up to go to work the next day. So, yeah. Saying I don't have to be at work till, you know, eight ish. Yeah. You know, I can, I can stroll in at eight and mm-hmm. still have a full day. So I, I would be okay with getting up at, you know, six. Right. That would be easy. Mm-hmm. Get in the gym for an hour. The only thing that sucks, you got to take a shower there. That kind of, you know, it's kind of a pain in the butt. Uh-huh. But I had a locker there at the gym when I did that. So just kept everything in my locker. It helped out a lot. Oh, you weren't one of the guys that just left your underwear on the floor? <laughs> and... <laughs> I, I'm, I don't think so. I can't make any promises, but that was funny. It, what was funny is at first we saw the underwear there by the shower, but then they had moved over by the sink. Uh-huh. So somebody had actually moved the underwear, <laughs> but didn't throw them away right. or claim them. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That, you know, that's something we talked about yesterday while we were at the gym is that there there was a sign up above the urinal saying that the urinal was out of order. <laughs> and then I guess people were still thro- like throwing stuff in it or still peeing in I'm it. Probably still peeing in it. And uh, then the management of the gym po- wrote more on that letter that said, what what part of out of order do you not understand? Well, he got a whole new piece of paper. Oh, and, he did? And taped it below the existing piece of paper. Okay. And it was hanging actually into the urinal. Like the first one was hanging up by the, uh, the, the flusher, the handle up top. Mm-hmm. The second one he wrote was another separate piece of paper, and he taped it right to the, the, the top of the urinal. It was hanging down. So if you were going to pee in it, you'd have to pee on the sign saying uh-huh. what part of... <laughs> out of order do you not understand and then guess what happened they peed on it somebody peed and on it. When, the last time i seen it it was in the urinal with yeah. pee surrounding it yes i don't in, in the sense of it being funny a little bit okay i'm gonna laugh but if i'm managing a gym i'm not laughing i'm not laughing for <laughs> one and for two you're paying a membership right right why do you want to pay a mm-hmm. membership to go somewhere that's crappy, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're that, like I told you earlier too, that's probably also the same person who complains that the gym's nasty in the bathrooms yeah. or something along those lines. Like it's not, it's not the, the most part. It's not, no, it's not, it's pretty clean. They, and you know, you see them vacuuming and mopping mm-hmm. all the time and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But those are the same people who are complaining about the gym being dirty or something like that. Anything. When you're the one that's peeing all over stuff and you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's the same douchebags that are just complaining about anything, and they're just generally douchebags. Mm-hmm. You know, a douchebag is a douchebag, and so I, I think you have to add another one of those in there. A douchebag is a douchebag is a douchebag. For these guys, you're right because yeah. they are that big of douchebags. <laughs> but no, I agree, and I think when you have a membership at a place like that, not just that, but it, it does kind of irk me when people don't put the the plates back where they belong. Mm-hmm. You know. 
it, uh, it and it's, I've, I've seen some people do it and I've probably been guilty of it myself but it's because I, I might have forgotten or I might have like went to go get the stuff to clean it and somebody else jumped on it and so I was like eh, they know what they're doing so right. they wanted to get the machine quickly enough okay well they, they took it over so not really my responsibility anymore but I've also seen other people do it. And it's the same douchebags, dude. It's the same ones who they don't care. They, you know, they act like they own the place. Um, they're probably the ones complaining about other things, mm-hmm. and they just don't feel like they're. It's like they're entitled. They don't feel like they have to move the plates back over because I'm. Was, you know what though? And I'm not saying this is right, but what I but in that same vein, I think if you're paying a membership to go to a gym, in if it's me and you, we're still putting our weights away, but I could see somebody justifying being thinking they can leave their weights on it, that management or that somebody that works at the gym is going to take it off and put it where it needs to go. I can see that better than the bathroom thing. Okay. I mean, yeah, because the bathroom thing is strictly unnecessary. Yeah. It, it's because the plates you're using them, you're using the machine. Um, you thought it was funny to pee on the sign. <laughs> I, I can't, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't think the same thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it, but yeah. I, I was just like, you know, it would be funny if, you know, just peed all over that sign because it's sitting right, it's, you know, right there in the, the stream, the line of fire mm-hmm. if someone were peeing anyway, but still yet it's, it's, they're not, and maybe they are thinking management will move it, but it's not management that's going to move it typically. It's other people. Right. Other people who are saying the same, paying the same price for the membership as right. you are. Right. But you're too entitled because you got whatever that you have to do. Right. So other people, and it might be people who don't have a lot of strength, you know, might be people who are trying to work their way into building a better body. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to use these big 35 pound plates. Now they got to move four of them or six if it's on the leg press because mm-hmm. you decided you didn't want to take them off. Right. And that's where it's just a, it's just a general inconsiderate air about those folks. Like they're entitled. Right. You know, but I, I see your point that it's, it's different than the urinal thing, but just the douchebaggery, mm-hmm. I, I think is, is the correlation that I was kind of going down. But at any rate, I am also very excited about being in the gym other than my elbow. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, couldn't do the curls yesterday when we were trying to do like very light dumbbell curls. I couldn't even get my arm probably past, I don't know, a third of the way up. Um, so I had to go way down even further in, in weight, but I woke up this morning and unless I extend it like this, it doesn't really hurt. That's good. And so that's an improvement for me. Yeah. So hopefully it's, I don't know. I, I hope that it's healing. Yeah. I don't know what else to say, but having an elbow injury like that. And I, and I knew when I first started back in the gym several years ago now, I was taking it very slowly. I wanted to take it very slowly because I did not want to get injured, mm-hmm. you know. And it took me this long to injure myself. Yeah. And I think it was kind of a freak thing, but I also think it was just overuse because I was in the gym a lot, you know, playing disc golf a lot, you know, maybe not getting as much rest as what I should have at that time. I don't remember, but. Well, didn't it happen when we were doing bicep curls? It did. Preacher, that, preacher that's, curls. That's what aggravated it. Yeah. Which is kind of an awkward the way yeah. we were doing it was kind of awkward. Not not that it's an unsafe way to do it or a wrong way to do it. It's just it's kind of awkward yeah. on that particular uh, yeah. pad because that pad's not wide enough. It's not like you're, when you do them, your elbows normally kind of hang off. And mm-hmm. I think it was just a matter of, you know, I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's just awkward. In my form, I remember correcting my form this particular time. I remember correcting my form after I had kind of felt that stress on my on my elbow. And once I corrected my form, it felt good again. So mm-hmm. I, I think my form was a little bit off too when I did it. Yeah. And that's that's probably your number one reason for injuries, I'm sure. Yeah. Is bad form, 
you know, and then trying to overdo it. So, yeah, I don't remember what the weight were, were was that we were using too, but that's another one of those things that John Meadows always preached too. Uh, you know, when it comes to bicep curls, he never did like four to six reps to failure kind of stuff. It was always 12 to 15 reps and stuff like that. He yeah. always preached, you know, the more blood flow you can get into the bicep and the higher reps, that's what you're going to get, uh, you know, most growth out of. And mm-hmm. especially for older guys, you're just asking to hurt yourself if you're just trying to push as much heavy weight as you can. Yeah. Thanks for calling me out there, by uh-huh. the way. You're welcome. Well, I mean, you know, it's just... I, I, I don't, I don't feel like I get good enough contractions out of using heavy weight anyways, yeah. you know, and a lot of times it takes more than just your biceps to be able to, to pull it up, you know, when you're, when you're using too much, too that's, heavy that's, weight. That's a very good too, point. So. Like, yeah, you have to like lean your backs a lot of times to even get the weight up. I've seen a lot of people do that in the gym. Yeah. I, I would, I would rather see somebody do like, say you're doing preacher curls. I would rather see somebody do a lighter weight that they can do 10 to 12 reps on and then have a partner who just, just holds a hand on it to where it gets, adds a little extra tension to it yeah. as, as they're, you know, trying to do the curl than to try mm-hmm. to throw 45s on both sides of the bar and try and just have the crappiest form trying to get it, mm-hmm. you know, get it up. So, right. And, and one final note on that, I do find a lot of, benefit for myself also in using the machine the cable for bicep curls as mm-hmm. well yeah. because of the way that you could you can kind of lean your body back and keep your body straight so that you're not like using your back to leverage the weight and just use your arms but that kind of form it just it it feels pretty fluid for me it feels pretty smooth mm-hmm. and so i also find a lot of benefit in, in doing that I know it's it's typically easier to use cable weights because it's just it's not the same as using free weights. Right. I don't think you get quite as good of a, a workout in general, but for those bicep curls, I, I find a lot of benefit in that. Well, we'll we'll probably at some point too dive in a little bit into band work. So like even the the even doing preacher curls and stuff like that, you can take a band and like maybe wrap it around a forty five pound plate and put it on the ground, mm-hmm. and then wrap the other side around the bar. That way it stabilizes the bar a little more, but also the higher you raise it, the more tension you've got on it. And then it loosen, you know, loosens as you, as you lower it back down. Yeah. And you can do that on anything. You do that on a leg press. You can do it on, you know, pretty much anything. I just, they, they scare me because I seen one snap on somebody one time and it, I seen the whelp that it left on and it was not pretty. Yeah. And especially if you're using it for tension. On a, on a bar and you're going up with the bar like this and if it snaps, that mm-hmm. bar is going to uh-huh. knock you in the face. Right. And that would be even worse than the whelp that the, the actual band <laughs> would leave, I think. I think yeah. if it caught you like square in, in the nose, that would really suck. Yeah. And so it, it's funny though. I've been seeing several posts lately. I don't I don't know what's going on exactly. You know, I know the last episode we had, we talked about or that we dropped. We, t- we talked about Schwarzenegger and the Red Con mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And it's it's funny because they they held Arnold responsible for his comments that he made, and then so they in turn made their own action. You know, they they um, took their their uh, sponsorship away from the Arnold Classic. Which before you go on, do you know? I just found I just realized yesterday too that the Arnold Classic was this weekend. Yeah, I know everybody's like that. What the hell? I saw Edward Koo. I saw yeah, Matt Wyke. I saw several people like, the, you know, guess the, what? It just happened. Right. The Ed the Ed Koo thing blew my mind right. because he he basically said I didn't know until today that the Arnold Classic was today. Right. He's somebody who's in the industry. Like he knows he knows this kind of stuff. And I I don't know if you read the comments on that or anything, but some people were so. were saying, you know, well, you apparently just aren't friends with the right people in the industry and this, that, and the other. And he goes, I'm an industry guy. You know that. 
He's like, I, he's like, I follow most of the people that I do follow are industry people. Yeah. He's like, so for you to say that is ridiculous for one, but for two, like it's, it's just crazy that the Arnold Classic was this weekend. And I didn't see any, normally I'll at least see something on Facebook or something about it. Um, the only thing that I really seen was a bunch of, uh, uh, bodybuilders weren't able to actually attend this year. Like Roly Winkler, who's a huge name in the bodybuilding world. He wasn't able to. I don't remember if it was injury or what, then somebody, another big name couldn't make it because of uh, traveling issues and stuff like that too, like big name people. Mm. So I don't know. It was, it's just weird. There was, there was not near as much hype around it this year. Yeah. I didn't you know. Not- I did notice that because I, I don't typically follow it myself. I, but I, you know, now that I think about it, it's like, you know, I didn't see anything either mm-hmm. because usually just knowing the, the people that I'm friends with on Facebook, you know, you're your advice is radio people and your Ed Coos and Matt Weiss and all that. You just see stuff. And from you, um, you just see all that stuff. And I don't remember seeing anything, but I was like, you know, that's not really, I'm not a big, big, you know, as a sport bodybuilding, you know, follower. Mm-hmm. But the, I, w- I was surprised at some of the comments I saw, these guys that were like, yeah, that just happened and I didn't even know about it. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, hmm, I wonder if that has anything to do with the rest of anything else as far as the, the fallout from Arnold and his comments and, and like, his political like, stance. Like well, that or like, you know, the or red, just coronavirus in general. Like Redcom 1 pulling away from it. Like right. maybe they knew that there wasn't, the hype wasn't there this year and maybe they he assumed that the Arnold Classic wasn't going to make it near as much money as it would, that is. Maybe. And, wasn't, and it wasn't, um, I, I guess it wasn't in their best interest to fund the money or put the money towards it. Right. That the rate the, of inv- the, the return on turn. investment isn't going to be there, you know, like it would normally would on right. a normal year or something along those lines. But, and then maybe they just used, you know, the, the whole thing about what Arnold said as their get out of jail free card kind a lot, of thing. A lot of questions there, but yeah. At any rate, other than that though, I've been seeing a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot. I've seen several different posts of, Coaches, typically coaches, who are bashing coaches for the information they release, you know, or, or for their something about how they are, they're not uh, doing their due diligence. They're not, and I'm not going to quote any, any specifics, but because I only remember one off the top of my head, but I know I've seen at least a couple. If, if I'm pretty sure I've seen three or four different posts. I can't say they were for sure from different coaches, but I, I know there was at least two different coaches at any rate. Um, how much coaches are responsible for like even just putting things online and it, it really, I, I think that you and I have been fortunate and I'm only fortunate because you have followed the path that you chose, um, following guys like Scott McNally and, 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 um, Scott Stevenson and Austin Stout. And so we've just kind of, I, I gravitated into that and I feel like that they have a lot of, um, I don't know. There's just a sense of me trusting them, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I just, I just sense that they are genuine, and that the information they bring forth that you can trust it because they've pretty much done the scientific method, right? Um, on, on their information, so you can you can value it, and, and you don't have to worry about it so much. Apparently, that's not the case with a lot of other coaches. So there's this question of how how responsible are you for what you say. And what so, you show, what you do. So, without giving any names, are, are are you you're saying that guys that you respect in the bodybuilding community or the bodybuilding industry, those those guys that you respect and that you trust what they say, those are the kinds of guys that you're saying that are calling out other people who. There was one. 
There was one. There okay. was definitely definitely one. That's the one that comes to the top of my head. I've seen others too, though. Okay. So it may be a thing. You know, that may be. It's an interesting question that you pose because it may be somebody who is just trying to bash other people because right. of whatever their own you know whatever their own uh, agenda is. Right. So so that's an interesting point. But I just noticed it, and and so it kind of kind of gravitates into our next topic about. How much are you personally responsible for what you put out there, the information that you put out there, Mm -hmm. right? So if you, for instance, if you have a business, um, going back to the coaching for a second, if you are a coach per se and you you are making money, you have profits that you receive from giving other people guidance, information, uh, especially something along the lines of, of bodybuilding because it has a lot of implications on your overall health, right? Uh, maybe even more, especially if you're using gear to enhance yourself, you I mean, kind of uh, enhancing uh, drugs uh, for sports. So those things can have a lot of like health consequences on you. I definitely think that's something that sh- you should take some responsibility for as far as the information goes. Mm-hmm. Should are, are there any... Are there any um, consequences as far as legally or something like that? I'm not sure. Um, but but the next topic that we have to talk about is not about bodybuilding. It's just about information. It's about commentary, right? So let me give you some some story here, some backstory. Well, can I can I say something before you do that though? Sure. So there there's actually somebody i'm not going to mention his name but it's somebody that we have had on the show before and i think me and you talked about it not too long ago that he was under fire a a month or two ago um about comments that he's made on the uh, amount of certain types of gear and stuff that he's put people on and a lot of people in the industry think that that's outrageous amounts of different things if so so i kind of look at it this way if you're a doctor and you prescribe too much of something to someone and they die isn't that on you like you're if you're the doctor as the doctor as the doctor you prescribe too much to somebody isn't that on you or is that on the person who's taking it to research it and really make their own decision on should i take this much mm-hmm. you know what i mean like if if they die is there legal issues can you sue the doctor is that is there you know what i'm saying sure i understand that a bodybuilding coach might not be might ha- not have a uh, an MD by their name, but they're still being paid to give this knowledge and give advice and give um, like gear and stuff like that. Give them amounts that they should be taking and stuff like that. But a lot of people say, well, if you're the person taking the gear, you should be researching. You should be doing your own due diligence on this and not just blaming the coach. Mm-hmm. But how is it any different from the doctor scenario, right? Because you're still paying somebody to give you advice and you're taking it. But if you die, you can't, bl- you can't blame that, per- that coach. I think the, the major difference there is that the doctor part. Right. 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 The education, for one thing, is, is very comprehensive. But also because it's it's you are certified by a board that's that's I I would assume is federally regulated, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to do this certain thing before the government will allow you to be a doctor, a medical doctor of any kind. Right. You have to go through that. So therefore, you have a uh, you have a uh, expectancy of, of responsibility for your practice. Mm-hmm. 
Now, there are limits with that. You can't go to the, the doctor. And he says, eat, eat an apple a day, you, you know, and you keep me away. Well, I've been eating apples, doc, and still here I am. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. WTH, right? Right. Um, there's only so much you can do, but there's, there's a lot of medical malpractice out there. As a matter of fact, it's for some doctors, they're like, it's not even worth it because of all the, the malpractice lawsuits that come. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't know how much of those get thrown out of court. I don't follow that. With someone like an online coach or with other, what we're about to get into, commentators, mm-hmm. there's no board certification. As far as I'm aware, there might be some kind of certification for a coach that you want to look for. My understanding is that you don't have to have that to call yourself a coach. Like mm-hmm. you can you can be a coach without necessarily having a certificate of some kind or a degree. Now, if it's me, you know, unless you really know the person and you have a good idea about what they're all about because you built a relationship with them. If I'm just a consumer, I'm looking for the guy who's qualified, who's certified, you know, because that's what I would do with a doctor. That's what I would do with you know, a teacher or a lawyer or whomever. You want to know that they did what they were supposed to do in order to be what they are, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, but otherwise, it's just it, you getting information, and this person is, is more like a consultant. They're consulting you on, you know, this is the kind of gear that you could take in order to, you know, to get big, get swole. Um, you might want to take it in this amount. This is what worked for other people, whatever that conversation sounds like. But really, it's it's still on you as the consumer, right? At the end of the day, to to research it and and, and make sure you you are uh, paying attention to what's happening to your body. Make sure you're checking with your, your on your, on your labs regularly. Mm-hmm. If there's any kind of abnormality, because you know what you're doing, you're putting this this substance into your body. You better be really sensitive to that and not just brush it off because right. it, the the ramifications could be pretty heavy. Right. Right. And I think I think that's the big difference for me between the two examples. Yeah. And I think the same example goes for this this other topic, which is this is a Fox News commentator named Tucker Carlson. I don't think I've ever even seen anything that he's done on Fox News. I don't consume Fox News. I know I've heard his name a lot, but I didn't. I couldn't remember who he actually was whenever you told me. Same. I've heard his name mostly because other people can't stand him because he's a. <laughs> and, and a little side note: not too long ago, he was called out, he said something, someone asked him a question in an interview, said, do you ever lie? And he said something, I'm paraphrasing here, so don't don't quote me exactly on this part, but he said something to the, the extent of, I, you know, sometimes I lie if it's, it's something really important that needs to, to be addressed. So it's like, okay, so he admitted that he tells some, some lies on his show. He's a commentator, though, okay? And, and the news, Fox News, and even so CNN News, especially MSNBC, they're, they're the, like, the opposite, polar opposite of Fox, right? You got your far right and your far left. Mm-hmm. They're not really news anymore. They're commenta- commentary. Commentary is opinion, basically. Right. You take news things, topics, you take things that are current events that are going on, and you put a spin on it because you're playing to the your base, right? And so everybody knows that if you are conservative, Republican-ish at least, you're watching Fox News. Everybody knows that if you are liberal, and, and, and Democrat-ish, then you're going to watch MSNBC or something like it, right? Mm-hmm. And then CNN, in my opinion, is kind of uh, left the middle, but not far. They're, they're like the closest thing that you can still get to. They still have plenty of commentary, don't get me wrong. Still plenty of opinion, which usually leans left. But they have a lot more news than those other two that I already mentioned. At any rate, Tucker Carlson, is he's been called out a lot for being like big on the I guess you could say the anti-vax side of the coronavirus, the uh, COVID um, pandemic. So we have a story here in HuffPost, which if you don't know, 
um, Ariana Huffington. It, it used to be a blog way back in the day. The Huff Post now is a pretty big uh, liberal platform. Uh, been railing on the whole abortion Texas ordeal for a long time now. It's just like inundating with different stories about you know people who didn't have an abortion and it was the wrong thing to do. And and she she really hits a lot of the her her organization really hits a lot of these uh, these stories with uh, I guess you would call them anecdotal information. So personal stories that are supposed to pull the heartstrings to help you see why leaning this way on, on a particular policy or topic is important. And it's, it's always left-leaning, which you could expect. This one in particular is about a lady. And it's the, the title is, Daughter Blames Tucker Carlson's Misinformation for Playing a Role in Dad's COVID-19 Death. So it's about this lady named Katie Lane, said her father, 45-year-old Boeing designer Patrick Lane, wasn't on the far right politically. Uh, he was right in the middle. This is a direct quote. He was right in the middle, and he consumed media from both sides. Now, having said that right there, that sounds like me because I take media from both sides. Yep. Two of my favorite things to listen to on podcasts, as far as politically goes, is Ben Shapiro, who's very, very much on the right side of things, mm-hmm. and then David Pakman, the David Pakman Show, which he's very much on the left side of things. Mm-hmm. I still listen to The Best of the Left. Yeah, I think you remember that show a little yep. bit. Yep. I, I don't really care for so much the trajectory they went down. It's not bad still. They've been doing a lot of stuff on race, which is really good. Anyway, I digress. Um, but he consumed both. So he was kind of a fence-sitter when it came to politics, right? And um, Katie goes on to say, and just some of the misinformation on one of those sides made him hesitant. And so what she's referring to basically is that uh, Tucker Carlson had some videos and it's apparently there was some misinformation on the vaccine and she believes that that played a role in her father's death because he he went with that information. He stayed vaccine hesitant. He remained questionable, got COVID, died. So the overriding question here is the same. Mm-hmm. Is Tucker Carlson responsible for his information when it comes to this this man's death, 45 years old, just a couple years older than me, apparently he had no underlying health issues, politically, you know, uh, fence sitter, he's kind of in the middle, mm-hmm. uh, consumed information from both sides of the of the uh, the media political aisle. What's your thoughts? How much is Tucker Carlson responsible for his words? I wonder if there's a way for her to get a doctor to say if he was vaccinated, if he would have been fine. Because there's no proof to say that if he was, if he did get vaccinated, that he still wouldn't have passed away. We don't know that, right? You never know for sure. I mean, the the statistics lean toward the, the fact that hospitalizations and especially deaths has decreased for those who've been vaccinated. Right. But, versus but, those but who do, But do we know what, like if this guy had any underlying issues leading into this is what, is what I'm asking. Apparently not. Apparently not. Apparently huh. not. See, that's, I guess that's where I go with it. Is like, I, I don't know what he, I don't know if he, if he was vaccinated, would it would have changed anything? Um, but I don't know. Well, like I said, I said with you, like, is this like a, a um, Tucker Carlson? Is this like a teleprompter type of, I'm reading a teleprompter while I'm like speaking out to all of these people who are listening? I, I believe this, that he's like, kind of like a lot like Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity, where it, okay. it's pretty much their own words. If they, I mean, I wouldn't doubt there was a teleprompter involved, but I also think that 
maybe he and maybe a small team, but he's definitely, they're his words. He's the one that wrote the words down. These are his beliefs. Okay. And I also, you know, it it mentioned that this was a YouTube video too. So he does other things. Um, Let's see. He watched some Tucker Carlson videos on YouTube and some of the, those videos involved uh, some misinformation about vaccines. Well, I mean, the, the 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 big thing is is that he consumes this stuff from both sides apparently, and because one sides one side made him hesitant, but it was still his choice in the in the long run. He could have chose the you know pro vaccine side the information that he's hearing. He could have chosen that and decided to get the vaccine, mm-hmm. right? So why is it the guy's why is it Tucker Carlson's fault? that he didn't get vaccinated because he gave his opinion on the vaccine when somebody else that he's li- that this guy's listening to is saying get the vaccine it it will save lives and things like that but you didn't choose to listen to them so it's it's his choice on who he listened to right and made the choice based off of one or the other right so it's kind of a gr- it, there's a little bit of a gray area in here i think right i i, I I don't know. I, I just I think there's a little bit of a gray area just because I under, I kind of understand where she's coming from, but it's also her dad's a decision in, in the end, mm-hmm. you know? So let me start out by saying it's, it's a terrible uh, circumstance. Absolutely. To lose your father yeah. at 45 years old. He mm-hmm. was young, so she must be probably in her 20s, I would imagine, or younger. Terrible situation, mm-hmm. right? Having said that, I don't think it's so gray. I think that Tucker Carlson... Oh, it sounds like he's a, like a prime time a hole, man. Like somebody I don't even want to listen to. Yeah. Like, like I, li- I consume like information from both sides, but not that kind of information. I, I can't stand that kind of talk. I, I want people who talk real, just based off of their political philosophy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's on the right. Sometimes that's on the left. And then, lo and behold, I come to my own conclusion because I have my own brain, right? right? And I think it's what a lot of people are missing. Is that? And I, I don't mean to be insulting to anybody who's listening to this. But if you're listening to this, chances are you've heard us, you know, keep your brains warm, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's not just a, I mean, that's that's a, that's a real statement based on a, a real situation, that a real activity you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Use your own brain to come up with your own conclusions. Right. It sounds like th- that's what this man did. And it says that he was waiting for FDA approval of the vaccine before he took it. It's just that he got sick before that happened. Okay. Well, okay. waiting for FDA, the Federal Drug Administration, to approve something before you take something... You know, typically, wouldn't that be a good idea? You know, is, isn't yeah. that isn't that like doing your due diligence to make sure that whatever it was was proposed was actually safe and effective and yada yada? And they got the vaccine done with the emergency, uh, what you might call it, the, the emergency rollout. I forget the exact term right now, but you know, to wait for that that that's a logical thing to do. But what would happen uh, as far as like FDA approval goes? Is there a way that FDA could have not approved it after, even after they gave gave it out to so many people? I, I don't think that would ever happen. I mean, after they uh, just uh, vaccinated uh, millions of people, it's like, oh, that, by that, the way, right? But that's my point. Is like, if you're if you're looking at conspiracies, like there's a, a you got to think there's a back channel of money being funneled that shows that FDA is not going to just let this, you know, not be right, not go through. Yeah, you know, because the government can't just say, whoops. And, you know, and then a bunch of people die or something. Mm-hmm. And FDA was like, oh, nope, we, we, ain't, we ain't approving this. Nope, that ain't happening. <laughs> right. You know, so I don't know. I just, I, I was thinking about that. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But 
you know, the, the statistics fortunately show that the vaccine is working for a lot of people, mm-hmm. unless unless the whole thing is just fudged. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're just absolutely making up all these numbers, and I think there was some fudging of numbers to a degree, but I you know I've, I have some own my own anecdotal you know uh, experience with those who are vaccinated versus those who aren't, and so I, I you know I, that notwithstanding, it's still the point of. This man made a decision, grown man, and I don't. It doesn't say anything about legal consequences for Tucker Carlson. It doesn't say anything about this, it, and it's not just the fact that it was this Katie Lang, who Lane Lang, one of those uh, who lost her father, because that's that's this Katie Lane, um, who lost her father. It's very sad. She's mourning. Obviously, you're looking for something or someone to blame. Mm-hmm. You know. But then the Huff Post picks it up because that's what they do. They pick up this anecdotal information mm-hmm. and they use it to drive that emotional response that we've talked about before on the show. And it's the emotional response that's causing so much division and, and it's causing people to to trash each other. And it's causing this social media, you know, shitstorm that's that's all about us with people just throwing mud back and forth. So yeah, it's, ju- it's just to oppose the other side. That's the only it, reason it's there. That's it. And so the HuffPost is using this this tragedy, this sad story, which this happens all the time with media. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. right? But this is just topical on this inform- on this particular story. It, it's, it, it's important because my goal is to hopefully help people see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, use your brain. What is this story really about? What they want you to see is, well, if he would have been vaccinated, then he would have lived. Okay, maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a chance. Right. But now they want you to say, well, it's because Tucker Carlson on Fox News, because he says what he says, mm-hmm. that's why this man made the decision that he did. Well, hang on, hold on now. This man made a decision. We should stop right there. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Should Tucker Carlson have have the whatever? I don't know what even how his show looks. I have no idea. Right. But I assume he's he's on the the you know vax conspiracies. And that he is, you know, coronavirus numbers are being highly, you know, mishandled or, or just, you know, blatantly lied. We're being blatantly lied to about what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. I could assume that's probably what he's talking about. Okay, but this man made a decision based off the information. And to say that he saw information on both sides, I think that it even reinforces right. even more so the fact that this isn't Tucker Carlson's responsibility. Right. I mean, if... You know, if, if somebody, li- if you're left and I'm right and somebody listens to our show and I say, jumping into traffic's a good idea. And you say, I don't think jumping into traffic is a good idea. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And then somebody goes and jumps into traffic because they listened to what I said. And then they, and then their family tries to say, well, he listened to Colt on the CEP and he decided that jumping into traffic was a good idea because Colt said it. Yeah, and now they're going to blame me for it. That it's just, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's broad, but it's the same, the same concept. I agree. They made the decision after listening to both sides, and like you said, listen, he listened to both sides and he came up with his own conclusion. And we don't know for sure if that's what made him pass away. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have passed away if he took the other route. If he did get vaccinated, we don't know. But in the end, he made his own decision right. based off of that. And I wonder if this. I wonder if this was kind of taken out of context, like how how the girl said it in an interview. Like, I wonder if she said it plainly like, oh, it's Tucker Carlson's fault because my uh, he said this and my dad listened to that. Mm-hmm. Or if it was in a roundabout way said like that, but she didn't really mean that, you know, and then the other 
or and then that news source just takes off with it and says it's Tucker Carlson's fault because he said it. Right. You know? I think that's a great point because yeah. I could very much see that happening. I don't know. I'm not going to investigate it so far to find out. Right. But I could very much see that happening. Mm-hmm. Like the HuffPost got this got this interview or, or, or heard about this this lady who lost her father and, and maybe did some meta, you know, got some meta information and put together the information based on that and then concluded that Tucker Carlson is the devil, in fact, mm-hmm. and it, because of his information, this guy died. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like slinging arrows at Fox News. And also, somebody could just take what you just said out of context. Take out of context, like you just said, Tucker Carlson is the devil, and he died, be- or this guy died because of listening to Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. So I could take that out of context and then use that in a news source, and now you're the devil because sure. of what you just said, even though you were talking about the situation, not specifically saying that that's what's happening. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? It's crazy. It, it, it could happen at any time. And this is only going to get worse. You know that, right? Like oh, yeah. all the technology mm-hmm. that they're coming up with and stuff like they can, they can put, they can take, um, I, I, I've seen this on Rogan at one point, I think, but there's technology out there now where they've taken just different words from different speeches that like people have had in the past. So say Bill Clinton has, you know, 500 speeches. They can take different words out of all those speeches and yeah. put those with technology, put those together mm-hmm. to form them, them saying something else that sounds exactly like they said it. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And scary. That's why I think it's important because this real story, because they could also, you could just take what I said out of context and think that I'm sticking up for Fox news or Tucker Carlson. Right. Not even close to the case. Yeah. Not even close. I, I don't care about Fox News. I don't care about Huff Post. I don't care about either one of them. I really don't care about much of anything uh, as far as those kinds of outlets are concerned because I don't believe any one thing that I hear. Yeah. You know, I, for me, and I've said this a lot, you've got to go to different sources, preferably on two different sides of the argument or the, the policy or the topic, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and come to your own conclusion because oftentimes the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Not always, and sometimes I come to the conclusion that, you know, actually I think this side over here was right, or this side over here was right, Mm -hmm. just depending on what I come up with. And I still might be wrong, but I'm still using my brain to come up with my own conclusions. Mm -hmm. So often I see people who are just regurgitating the same crap that they see. If you look at the comments on a post like this, oh, well, you know, (laughs) Tucker Carlson is, in fact, the devil incarnate. Right. And, and, you know, because they're speaking in an echo chamber, you know. Although I did see a, a couple of comments that was... Um, a little more cerebral. They were a little more logical. You know, they said, well, you know, this man did make his decision. Although Tucker Carlson is a major douchebag, he, you know, he's he's Tucker Carlson and people know who he is. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, this reminds me of Alex Jones, man. I loved Alex Jones. I, I miss Alex. I would love to have had Alex Jones through this pandemic. There's no <laughs> telling the kind of stuff that right. I know he's still out there somewhere, but he's not ex- as accessible. And mm-hmm. I'm not, you know. I don't have the, I, I, I don't know, I've never really tried to go to the website. Once they shut him down on Apple Podcasts, I just kind of stopped listening. But right. he came under the same fire. It's like people were like, this information that he's that he's spewing is ridiculous. It's insane. Okay, well, don't listen to it then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember him talking about these, these uh, what, what he called ca- uh, coffins. But it was, the government had all these just like thousands upon thousands of these cases. And they were, you know, they could be big enough to bury humans in. And they just had fields of them. And he didn't know, you know, people were questioning what they were for in conspiracy circles. They looked like they were preparing for a mass, mass 
death of people. Mm-hmm. And they were just going to have to bury them in all these little plastic containers because there's going to be so many people. And he we used to go down that rabbit hole. And that's when I first started listening to Alex. And I was like, man, this is some crazy stuff. I, so I started investigating it, you know. Mm-hmm. Never really came up with a bunch of conclusive information, but it got me to investigate what he was saying, even Alex Jones, right? Because there's some validity in some of the stuff he's saying. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of stuff that's crazy off the wall. Yeah. And I, that goes with anybody, though. It's not that they are as crazy as Alex Jones. But why don't you investigate and find out for yourself what the information or the information that you hear is all about? Well, people are too lazy. They want to get it from one source. Mm-hmm. They're either over here listening to Tucker or they're over here listening to the Huff Post, or they're over here listening to well, Shapiro I mean, over I mean, here listening to Dave Packman. In a perfect world, you have one person in the middle who's telling you the right thing and just shooting it to you straight. Mm-hmm. You know, in a in a perfect world, it's not somebody like Alex Jones who may tell you something that's factual and then go off the deep end and tell you about some crazy conspiracies that you just don't believe there's any possible way that that's actually a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not a perfect world. And we we're so wrapped up in like our, our culture now is just bang, bang, bang. We need, I want what I want right now. It's just like we read headlines. We don't pay We don't actually read articles. And then we run off, you know, we take off with just that. We take off with stuff out of context without actually diving into it. And that's where all this shit comes from, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why we have situations like this going on. True. So I. True. And, you know, it, I, I was thinking about this earlier. I, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be better if nobody believed anything that they heard, right? If they questioned everything, because that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I question everything. Uh-huh. But then I thought, man, does does life? Because I know that's not going to happen. People, for the most part, they they fall in line with you know all all we're doing a lot through this life is looking out confirmation bias, looking out for confirmation bias, and that's where that's kind of the path that we take. Mm-hmm. So I have to think that there's got to be some kind of a uh, a, a reason for having that. There's got to be some kind of utility for confirmation bias. I don't think it's just an aberration in our thinking. I think it's there had to be some kind of a, maybe an evolutionary utility to to going with what we already think was right and, and going down that path. And maybe it's just a path of um, kind of making things a little run more smoothly in our neurological makeup, like, you know, when it comes to well, I mean, creating I mean, neurons. And, I mean, don't you think part of that is like just wanting things right now? And then if we already have an idea of something, anything that confirms that even just a little bit, we run with that because that gives us what we want right now versus actually having to do the studying and the researching to find something else. Maybe, maybe, but I, I still think it, it might be a little deeper than that. I, I think, I don't, I don't know. Why? I don't have any science to back it up. Just, like I said, this was just my own thoughts. I yeah. got to thinking about it. Wouldn't it be easier for that to happen? Well, you know? what you said a while ago, though, is like, would it be better if people just didn't know anything? Is that how you put it? No, if they didn't believe anything. If they didn't believe anything. Yeah, if, they, if they just questioned everything like I do. Like, I, I, I don't hardly believe anything that I, like when it's out like so, on on the social media or in in the media at large. Or, so what would be, like, wouldn't that destroy social media and news websites and and all that kind of stuff if if nobody believed anything maybe but then there's no news at all okay but is there and i mean what <laughs> <laughs> there's no information to even research at that well, point and, and that's the thing i well i don't know that there would be no news at all i think maybe it would it would go back to the way that it should be where news is news it's news should be information about something that's happening yeah mostly what we have now 
is opinion about what happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not that's not what journalism ever was supposed to be. Right. You know, you weren't, and, and that's why they had op-ed pieces. That's why they had commentary. Mm-hmm. And the commentary, the op-ed was just the the segment. Back in the day, you know, a lot of you youngsters probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but there used to be this thing called newspapers, right? <laughs> and the newspaper, especially the Sunday edition of the Post-Dispatch out of St. Louis, was real thick, and a lot of mm-hmm. those coupons, things like that. But yeah. but you had this real thick information, this thick packet of, of information that was the news that happened for this week. And a lot of it was local. Then you went national. You also had some world news. And then you had this little segment of commentary, and it was not even close to the front. Well, now... I don't, I don't know about the Post-Dispatch. I'm not trying to relate to that anymore. But, like, if you did have a newspaper, I could imagine that the commentary would be the headline. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it, and, and maybe maybe the newspapers, I don't know. I don't know who reads newspapers anymore. But just in general, right? I was just using that for an analogy. But in general, the commentary is the news, right? Especially on this 24-hour news cycle that we get from CNN, Fox, MSNBC, all the, mm-hmm. you know, just the crap storm of just information. It's it's opinion based, you know, and it's obviously opinion based, and so you go with the side that proves your confirmation bias. Well, I'm conservative. Fox News is conservative, so I'm going to listen to what they say, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to act like MSNBC and CNN are, are just all liars and, and they're all liberal and, and you know they're trying to skew things their way. But because I'm in this echo chamber, this is the truth, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't. I don't think they take the time to realize that they are also skewing. You know, to their confirmation bias. I think that's what's important. Yeah. But questioning everything, though, I, I think there still would be news. I would hope. But even if there wasn't, like, what, what are we getting now? We're getting information that just divides people and skews people. Maybe no news would be better. I don't know. But I got to thinking about it. I thought, would that be better? I don't know that it would. I, I don't know. And I, I, I don't think it's possible. I think right. people are always going to seek out their confirmation bias. One of the bad things about confirmation bias for most people is that they don't realize it. They don't realize that they're following their own biases. Uh, and that's why they do the things they do or lean one way or the other or believe in the things they believe in, you know, or maybe it's because of the way that the things they believe in is the reason why they skew with information. I, I think if they took a step back and really thought about it on either side, they'd say, you know what? I think that person's a little, little messed up now or, that, I, or, now even, that I, or even like really thinking about your beliefs and what you actually believe versus instead of it's like, like you, you feel like you don't need to take the time to believe in something because you're just going to take what, what somebody on the left that's a news source says right you don't have to really believe you you believe what they say and then that's what you tell everybody else you don't necessarily have to believe one way or the other right you can say you do but you don't necessarily have to you just are spewing what you heard on that side because Mm -hmm. most things on that side is what you feel like you believe in right yeah does that make sense yeah yeah and i think that because it's such a team sport now. You throw into one team or the other, even though there's some stuff you really don't believe in on this side. Mm-hmm. But because of other stuff, and you you already gravitate toward that way, then you just kind of it, the whole. It's a whole package deal, mm-hmm. you know. Conservatives, for instance, a lot. You know, conservatives for a large amount, at least the populace, not necessarily the government themselves, the officials, but they are Christian, you know, oriented. So right now we've got, which is a whole other ball of wax, but we've got this border thing going on in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And Biden, I believe, is the one who said they can't fly drones down there anymore because there's, they have drone pictures of people living underneath bridges just by the masses. 
And it goes into the vax thing too. It's like are all these people getting vaccinated, and so the border. The argument is the border's open, but the the country has been shut down, right? So and we're allowing people who are unvaccinated to still come in. You know, uh, a lot of different arguments can be said there. It's a whole other ball of wax, like I said. But conservatives have this thing, and they get called out for it a lot. The same goes with the abortion issue. But if you care so much about people, right, you're, you're, you're pro-life, um, and you care about people, and, and what would Jesus do? That's one of their favorite things to throw back at, at Christian conservatives. Mm-hmm. What would Jesus do? Well, these are people that need help, you know, and they're in, they're in more of a dire situation than what you are. And shouldn't you help your neighbor? Shouldn't you help, you know, those who are less fortunate? And yet they're the ones that are really wanting to put the clamp down on the border, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, it's, it's a contradiction that is easy to fling at Christian conservatives, but I also think it could, should cause Christian conservatives to stop and think, well, what is the right answer there? Right. That's what using your brain's about. You know, instead of just what will happen, though, nine times out of ten, is they'll just fling more mud back that way. And mm-hmm. so it's just this, that's why I call it a sport. It's a big, just like, it's a game to see who can get the mud on the most, the, the most mud on the other guy. Right. As opposed to really trying to, trying to. Um, Come up with a resolution. Yeah, chisel, yeah. chisel down to the, right. the, the real answer to these things. Uh-huh. And it's perpetuated by, the, it's perpetuated by HuffPost. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's perpetuated mm-hmm. by Fox News. It's perpetuated right. by MSNBC. Yep. And people fall into it. Mm-hmm. And it drives me insane. <laughs> and it the all it, but it all comes down to that clickbait thing. Like the, you know, the more they do that, that's the more that people click on 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 reading because they, you know, instead of mm-hmm. instead of researching, it's just more about, well, let's dive down this and see what they've got to say about the other side. And let's dive down that side and see how see what they have to say about the other side. We're we're not coming to a conclusion anywhere or coming to an actual belief on what we actually believe. It's just a matter of, you know, what one side says about the other. It's yeah. ridiculous. I agree. Yeah. So I don't know what the answer is other than, you know, on social media, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. But I feel like the podcast is one way that if anybody is listening to this, let's try to, you know, use your brains on your own to come up with your own decisions. Just just try it. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, you, you got to get out of the echo chamber. You have to. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I've, I've been in echo chambers in my life too. I, you know, I grew up in one, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think they just happen. I think that that's a, it's a natural thing. But if you're going to be able to really, really expand on your thinking, you can't just stay in the spot where you're at and expect that to happen mm-hmm. with the same information coming to you. You know, you can't just watch Fox News, or you can't just watch MSNBC and expect for you to really be able to, to critically think mm-hmm. about the, the issues at hand. Right. I've been in the situation when I was a younger man. I was in the situation where I only would watch Fox News, and I would only listen to conservative talk radio. I've, I've been there. I did that for years. I've also been in a situation where I would only listen to Best of the Left podcast. I would only watch CNN. I mm-hmm. would only do that. And neither one was better than the other because I was just stuck in that echo chamber. Mm-hmm. You know, I found the best way to flourish and, and to be a critical thinker and to keep my brain warm is to listen to both sides. And for me, it's, I don't believe any of them, but <laughs> <laughs> that's beside the point. I think everybody's full of crap. Yeah. And um, th- I, if there is a real truth, uh, you're going to have to dig down and find it for yourself because it doesn't exist out there. Right. It, 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 I don't believe it. I don't believe anything that they're saying. I think there's stuff happening. I think there are people on the border. Um, I think that, you know, uh, I think that a lot of things are downplayed. I think that some things are exaggerated. Um, and I think that goes for everything. And I think that I can think that way about the coronavirus or the COVID. I call it corona. I haven't heard coronavirus in a long time. It's been a while, hasn't it? For some reason, it keeps coming out of my mouth. (laughs) I think that a lot of things were exaggerated in senses. Not that it hasn't been a killer, 
I, on that note, I've seen a meme coming back around that, that's talking about the numbers. And this this meme is like a, at least a year old, I think, talking about there's only been three million deaths in in you know in, for the COVID, and it's got this picture of this person with their eyes that eyes are being forced open like this, mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, and, uh, it's like, you know, in other words, open your eyes. Yeah. Okay. But you know, that, that meme is about a year old and the numbers are way outdated. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's happening on both sides. Yeah. You know, they're both sides. They're using some, a tragedy, a pandemic to politicize and, and to, and to fling mud and to ask questions about the other side. I'm just so sick of people falling for it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm so sick of not using our brains because I, I can question COVID. I can question the vaccine. I can question, you know, Fauci, who for some reason has been put up like a god, mm-hmm. uh, even though he's changed his mind on things about 20 times. Right. And I can still be realistic about a pandemic that's, th- that's threatening the lives of those around me because I've seen it happen. Right. And, and, and the, um, the benefits of the vaccine. I, c- I can still do both of those things. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to people out there, in the, especially the social media sphere, most of them think you can't. Do I'm not, sure. Do not question Fauci, dude. You will. Ooh, you get a social media kick in the balls. I'm sure you have done the same as I have. There, you've probably unfollowed people who just keep regurgitating a lot of stuff from just like one side or mm-hmm. you know stuff that you, not necessarily you don't believe. You just get tired of just seeing it all the time, right? Yeah. Do you have anybody on your social media that you just haven't you've thought about unfollowing, but you just haven't yet because like half the time it's regurgitating bullcrap but sometimes they put out something that you actually are interested in or they promote something that you're interested in or something like that. Do you have anybody like that? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Because I have people that are just a train wreck Mm -hmm. that I keep on my social media stream just because I... I like watching the train wreck, <laughs> yeah. but I but I think so. I think they're, they're like you're saying. There's probably somebody who spits out enough good information that keeps me from like well, making I just, them disappear. Yeah, I just every once in a while I see somebody that that comes on my page and like they're one day they're up, one day they're down, one day they're regurgitating stuff, just stupid stuff, and it's just like. I, I see them every once in a while. I'm like, why haven't I unfollowed you yet? Right. And the next day they post something. And I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of interested in that. So maybe I shouldn't unfollow them. And it's just like every, like once a month, I just see them. I'm like, I got to get rid of you. And then, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't because you do say something smart every once in a while. Yeah. I don't know. I just wondered if you had anybody like that. Like just people that are like up and down or people who are like, uh, you know, even even down to people who are like, uh, oh, dude, I'm doing keto. And I'm I'm gonna be hardcore about it, and then like the next week they're out shoving their face with donuts on social media and stuff. And I'm like, do you not remember? You know, like you tried to make yourself accountable on because you use social media right. as the tool to make you accountable for doing something, but then you just gave up on it and acting like the thousands of people that follow you aren't gonna notice that you did that you just stopped doing it. <laughs> and then that's how people are gonna look at you. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether you whether you care about what people how people look at you or anything like that, that's another thing too. But it's just a matter of, you know, if, if you constantly try to use social media as something that makes you accountable for something and then but you constantly it doesn't take long to not be accountable for it anymore, people are going to see that. And they're not going to believe you whenever you post something on social media they're trying to make you accountable for it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I see that all the time. That's why I'm so glad that I didn't get Facebook and all that stuff because it wasn't around when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So glad I was older because I would, I, you know, I just can't imagine. But the people you're talking about, though, they're not necessarily younger. Some of them are older. Yeah. They're just that kind of people. But uh-huh. 
Um, I, I don't know why you would, I mean, I get the accountability thing, like whether you're like trying to go on a diet or stop smoking cigarettes, stop drinking, something like that. When, when you tell people it's a new level, yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. then you feel like you have to, you're being held accountable because you told them you were going to do it and you mm-hmm. don't want to be a liar. You don't want to be a disappointment or whatever. Yeah. But then again, how often is somebody who, you know, say, say today I say, I'm going to quit smoking. And then mm-hmm. next week I post a picture and I got a cigarette in my hand. Right. Who's gonna Who's gonna pop up on your social on your comment section and say I thought you said you quit smoking Nobody's gonna do that because you don't want to make them feel bad, you know. But some people probably will. But. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's about that though. I think it's more of a it's more of an internal um, psychological effect yeah. that you have because even in real life, you know, I think a lot of people aren't gonna really call you out necessarily. You're gonna have some friends like, hey, dude, I thought you were gonna stop eating donuts all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but you know, whatever. It's just the fact that you know you told them. Yeah, I, I think because yeah. I've used that myself when I was going to quit something in my life. You know, I'd be like, I, I would be internalized. The I, I would internalize the concept like, okay, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna quit, mm-hmm. but I knew I, because I probably had made the mistake before, but I knew I wasn't going to tell anybody yet until I knew for sure that I was going right. to quit because I yeah. didn't want to have that accountability on me yet. Right, because I knew I wasn't going to be able to to withstand. The, the the fallout from the lack of accountability once I started doing it again. So I would wait till I knew that for sure. I was like, I'm not going to say this until I know for sure that I'm going to do this. I'm going to fall through. Which a lot of people don't do that. They just automatically think that, yeah. you know, for one, they're craving the attention that they know they're going to get when they post it on social media that I'm going to quit this because this is a bad True. decision in the first place or, you know, a bad habit or something like that. They're craving that. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. I, I think it's, I just, I just think it's funny. I, I, why not just not say anything and do it, do it on your own? But a lot of people need or feel like they need that validation from other people to, yeah, you go get it. You can do this. You can do this. Yeah. And then, you know, then apparently in a month and when you've, when you've gone back to doing it again, it's just like, oh, well, life is life again. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just doing, I'm just doing these things and nobody's going to talk about it. So, you know. I, they got that dopamine hit from all those likes, mm-hmm. I guess. That, that's probably the main driver. I mean, these these social media uh, developers they're they're not just making cool tech. They're analyzing and researching and testing, experimenting with human physiology. Right. You know, dopamine is a big a big thing they've studied yeah. and, and focus and, and attention time. So they know what they're doing when, right. when they do it. But back on the on that note, really quickly. Um, some, I've seen some people who have posted like, it's been a year since I've drank mm-hmm. and they get all kinds of accolades. And I think that's a good thing though. I, mm-hmm. I think that kind of reinforcement is important because, um, if, if cause a lot of things get praised mm-hmm. in our society, you know, a lot of celebrity worship that, that for the most part drives me insane in a lot of ways, but you know, other things like, you know, I don't know, just sexy bodies and, and big muscles and things like that, which all that's cool, except for the celebrity worship. I can't stand that. But uh, the rest of it's kind of cool. But when someone actually makes a change and sticks to it and a year later, they're like, hey, I did this thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, if there's anything that should be praised, it probably is that, you yeah. know, because I, I see that being a good thing. That's different than the people that you're talking about who, you know, they had a rough night or maybe it's been a week mm-hmm. and they're, they're saying, okay, now I'm done with it. I quit. And then, of course, they get back in that cycle. And that's, yeah, it's, I, I would think that that's even more detrimental than anything because it just perpetuates the cycle yeah. of, of that because they don't, if they weren't moved by the accountable 
um, that, that component of what they just did. If the accountability didn't cause them to not go back to that thing that they were trying to quit in the first place, then that's not a good sign. I think people are more mentally tough that instead of doing the original post that says, this is what I'm going to do, it's more of put it in your mind that you're going to do it. And then once you've done it, then post it on social media and say, I told myself three months ago, I was going to lose 50 pounds. And here's my, my before and after picture to show that I lost 50 pounds, then go for that, those likes and everything. And then use that as motivation to keep pushing you forward. But Mm -hmm. you did it on your own. You didn't have to have the original post because I think you're, you could be setting yourself up for failure because if you make a post, you say, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in three months, then you're shoving donuts in your face for that three months. Mm-hmm. And then people realize that you haven't done it. And then now you're looking bad. You're, you feel bad about yourself because you didn't do what you said you were going to do. Right. When you should have just told yourself you were going to do it, do it and then tell people that you did it. Yeah. Now you're remorseful. So you're going right. to eat two dozen donuts. Uh-huh. Because you feel like shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Donuts make you feel better. And I will attest to that. They do. Yeah. But, but but like you said earlier, you know, you always you always make yourself like it's a guarantee that this is going to happen before you actually post it on, you know, social media. And I'm that way too. Like every once in a while, yeah. if there's something I say I'm going to do, I think about posting it on social media and I'm like, is there any possible way that I'm not going to do this? <laughs> right. Because if there is, I don't want people looking at me like you said you were going to do it and you didn't. Right. So I don't, and then I don't post it, Yep. you know, mm-hmm. so. Yep, exactly. And I, I think though that on a final note, the people who, I, I can attest this to myself as well, and this is pre-social media, but the people, because I don't post anything like that on social media, I just I just don't find that's the platform for me to, it, it's not real, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, um, the people who don't post anything and just do it, the thing that they're that they're trying to do, those are the people that are the most likely to actually get that thing done, mm-hmm. you know, in the first place. Yeah. The fact that you have to, and this is kind of just wrapping up what we've been talking about, but the the fact that you, you feel like you have to post it, and I think like what you said earlier, that you're looking to get that, that motivation from other people around you instead mm-hmm. of internalizing that motivation and just doing it. Yeah. Um, I think that is a, an indication that... It, at least a majority of the time, I would say even probably up to 90%, you're, you're not going to be the one to do it in the first place. It's not well, going to happen because you don't have that internal motivation and you have to have that because... Right, yeah. The, the, you, you need to know that the validation for... Like, you shouldn't need the validation from other people to make a goal and achieve it. Yeah. It's great to have it and it's great to have people rooting you on and stuff like that, but if you need somebody... You know, if you know you need to quit smoking but you need other people to cheer you on to do it, that's not necessarily healthy. That's not that's not a good thing. Mm. I think social media has perpetu- perpetuated that a lot. Yeah. And, and, you know, people need the likes. They need the comments. They need the shares and all that kind of stuff. It's not necessarily a healthy way of life. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you know you need to achieve a goal, set it, get all your ducks in a row, achieve it. Let people, if you want to let people know you did it, that's great. But don't don't have to have people tell you you're doing a great job to do something. Mm-hmm. Motivation's great, but if you have to have it, that's not necessarily a healthy thing. Yeah, I would argue that's not even true motivation. Right. And I might be, you know, I, I don't know. There might be an argument against that, but I would argue personally that true motivation has to come from within, at least a majority of it, mm-hmm. or else it's, it, it doesn't last. It's not durable. 
like you always have you, mm-hmm. right? You're always you always have your inside, and your your motivation should come from there. Because if it comes, if my motivation comes from Colt, and Colt's too busy mm-hmm. to motivate me one day or for right. one week or whatever, right. then I've got no motivation then. Right. So my my the chances of me being able to finish whatever it is that I'm trying to do is is the, it just dropped into the basement because I didn't have that internal motivation in the first place, and so that external. I think I think validation is a great word for that, as opposed to motivation. You're, you're trying to use validation in the. This would be a great topic, by the way. We gotta we gotta close out, but validation is is replacing motivation for those people, so mm-hmm. they don't really have motivation per se. They have validation, mm-hmm. or they're seeking validation, and without that validation, when that fails or when it doesn't pan out, then there's nothing left right. because they didn't internalize the, the true spark, the true fuel that they needed in order to accomplish that task. Right. That's good stuff. Yeah. That's and we good. definitely got to talk. We got to dive into that a little yeah. deeper. Motivation versus validation. Look for it on an upcoming episode of the yeah. CEP. So. <laughs> but as for now, we got to go work out. Absolutely. So, like day, dude. Good stuff. It's episode 200 coming up soon. So we just, Last week we dropped 198, right? Mm-hmm. So this week will be 199, and yeah, then we gotta, so this is episode 200. Well, it is maybe unless we can figure out something a little more saucy to use for we'll episode see, 200. But see what we can come up with. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Thanks again, CEP listeners out there. That's 200 episodes in the book, and here's to 200 more. Keep those brains warm. We'll see you next time.